Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. Hey, how is everybody feeling today? Come on now, y'all can listen. The Vols won and, and Nick Saban was crushed. Y'all have to be a little bit more excited. Jesus is alive. Come on now. Y'all, how's everybody feeling today? Everybody good? Let me hear you. There we go. There we go. All right. Hey, uh, I am so excited. This series has been so great. I have loved uh, getting to teach you guys about God's word. I've loved getting to, uh, and Stephanie, she, Pastor Stephanie got to preach a couple weeks ago as well. We've loved getting to communicate this stuff to you. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback like, man, I didn't know that. Or man, I never knew that about the Bible. And I hope that you've discovered that there's a lot to be discovered in God's word. And, uh, and so we've gone through a lot the last three weeks. This is the last week that we're doing on this. And I just want to give us a quick recap. Maybe you miss a couple weeks. Maybe uh, you, you missed out on something. I'm just going to let you know. Week one, we talked about uh, how we need to love God's word, like actually cherish it. Like this is special. I want to love God's word. The second thing we learned in week one was we need to learn God's word. So listen to it. Listen to other people preach God's word. I'm not the only, pre- I'm certainly not the best preacher and neither is Stephanie. There's other people you can listen to. I don't know, I'm pretty good. I'm just joking. I'm she joking. I'm joking. Good. I'm joking. <laughs> we need to do a message on pride. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, we, 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 you need to listen to it, study it. You need to read it. And then the last thing we talked about in week one is you got to live God's word. The, this word doesn't do a lot of good if you just read it. It doesn't do a lot of good if you study it, if you don't live it. You have to live what's in here. Do what the Bible says. That's what, <laughs> stop, I know why you're laughing. There was a guy running for some national Something. office that was on his campaign, and, and Reuben gets a Do what up. the Bible yeah, says. Anyway, y'all don't think that's funny, but we do. <laughs> All right, in week two, Pastor Stephanie talked about two things. She talked about how do we let the words of Christ dwell in us richly? How do we let the words of Christ dwell in us richly? And remember, she had the cup of hot water up here and a tea bag, and she just you know barely put the tea bag in for for a second, and that didn't make the water turn into tea. The, the water can only turn into tea if the tea bag dwells in the, the hot water, and, and then it becomes rich, and that's what we have to do. And so she taught us that if you want to dwell and let Christ's words dwell in you richly, you have to find a translation you like. We talked about the different translations. We typically preach from the New Living Translation. That's what we have here. Um, what is that New Living? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so find a translation you like, get a study Bible. Has anyone purchased a study Bible since we've done this? Or like you've, you have one, anyone have a study Bible? Come on now. The, the Bible nerds up in here. Come on. I like it. I bought one and it's about that thick. He all right. He it out on his desk to study this week. It was like, wham. That's right, baby. <laughs> so I loved it. I felt, I felt legit <laughs> doing that. So get a study Bible. And then the last thing to, to help Christ's words join you richly is to join a small group. Like get in it and study it with other people and you'll be shocked at how much more that you're going to retain through all that. And we've also been learning, and then last week we talked about uh, how we can trust the Bible. Like so we talked about seven things that would prove that the Bible is trustworthy. I'm not going to go into all of them, but if you missed last week and that's something that you question, listen to last week. And uh, and if you want to have more conversation, we'd love to do that. But we've also been learning some memory verses. Uh, the first week, this was the one up here. It's going to be on the screen 
behind us. And I want us to say this aloud, everybody. Notice I didn't say a soft, all right? We're going to say it aloud. Here we go. Here it is. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119.105. We might be in the way of that, so I'll give you the addresses, all right? Here we go. The next one was this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16. That one's easy because John 3.16. We all know John 3.16. This is Colossians 3.16. All right. And then last week, here was our verse. It says this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. And this week, here's our last verse that we're going to memorize together. It says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, 11. Uh, We talked about in week one, the longest chapter, you can leave that Bible verse up. The longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. That's, I mean, it's got like a ton of different verses in it, but Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And uh, anyone want to take a stab at what it's all about? It's about... God's word. It's about how important it is for us to study God's word. It's it's about how important God's word is to you in your life. And if it's that long in the Bible, that would tell us that God thinks it's pretty important. All right. And so we need to think it's pretty important as well. And so we talked about how important it is. And uh, how many of y'all have ever been on a cruise ship before? You've gone on a cruise. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. We're bougie. Okay. We cruise ships. Uh, how many of you ever been to a hotel before? Most of us have been to a hotel. If you go on a cruise, uh, this is more appropriate if you're going on a cruise, but hotels have these too. How many of you have ever on a cruise ship used the safe that's in your room before? Have you ever put stuff in there? What are some things that you've put in the safe on your cruise before? Your passport. All right. What else? Some cash, your jewelry. What else? Come on. I put my keys in there. I don't want to carry my keys around, but I got to drive home afterwards. So I put my keys in there. Uh, anyone else have anything they put, put in there that you want to admit to everybody? Okay. Uh, but you, you put things in the safe. Why do you put those things in the safe? Because when you need them, when you leave, you want them to be safe. You want them to be in one place. You want them uh, to be accessible when you need those things. And those things are very important. Like if you, if you put your passport in there and you're typically going somewhere international on a cruise, uh, you have to have that thing to like leave, right? Like you have to have your passport to get on the cruise ship. You have to have that thing. And so it's really important. You don't want anyone stealing it. You don't want anything happening to it. So what do you do? You put it in the safe. Same with jewelry. I don't, you know, you might not trust the cleaning people. You might not trust people that have access to your room. Well, put it in the safe, right? You want to put some cash in there. I'm not going to roll through Jamaica with $500 in in cash, but I'm going to put the stuff I'm not using in the safe. Why? Because it's important to us. This verse, I've hidden your word in my heart. That's the same idea that this picture, this verse is painting right here, is I I want God's word. It's very important to me. And so I'm going to place it in something where I can keep it safe so that I can access it so that when I need it, when I need to draw from it, I know where it is and I know where I can find it. This is a perfect example for considering what happened yesterday is you internalize, you hide things in your heart uh, that you care about. If you care about something, it's easy for you to internalize it. There are sports fans in here that can tell me the score of the game last night. What was the score of the game last night? No one wants to say it now, right? 49 to 52. (laughs) No, it's not a trick question. How many years was it before Tennessee beat Alabama? 
Six seven. This was the. There was even little year. voices saying that people know. Right, like if you're a sports fan, there are certain facts hidden away in your heart. You know stats. You know people's uh, percentages. You know they're, they're, how good the quarterbacks are. You know how many coaches we've had. You know the different stats of every player. You know the opposing team. You know what's going on. Why? Because you care about those things. And so when you care about something, it's easily internalized in your life. Maybe for you, you're a music fan. And you have a, fa- the Eagles might be your favorite band. Well, you know every word to Hell Freezes Over album, right? Like, you, you know every tour stop that they made. You may have gone to a few of their shows. You can sing along with everything. Why? Because you care about that. And so it's easy for you to internalize something that you care about. David is writing this and he's saying, hey, care about God's word. Care about it in such a way that it's easy to internalize this into your heart. Why? Because when you internalize what God's put in his word and you put it into your heart and you hide it away in that safe in there, it makes it easier to not make mistakes. It makes it easier to live the way that God wants you to live. That's right. And there's a massive benefit that we can see in this verse to hiding God's word in our heart. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want God's word to be in my heart because I don't want to sin. I want to hide God's word in my heart because I don't want to wreck my life. I hide his word in my heart so that I don't make dumb decisions that blow up my family. I hide God's word in my heart because like he said, we want to pastor until the day we die. Like that's what God has put inside us and we want to end well. And we put God's word in our heart because we, we, it makes us better people. There's a theologian, Adam Clark, and he said this, if God's word be only in his Bible and not also in his heart, he may soon and easily be surprised into his besetting sin. So a modern way of saying that is to say, if the word of God stays only in this book and does not get into your heart, then you're, you're not, you shouldn't be surprised when you get into some trouble because this is what changes us. It's the quiet, your quiet time isn't about you getting into the word of God as much as it is about getting the word of God into your heart and into your, your mind. And so the question is how, like there might be people in the room that have struggled with this their whole life. Like I, I will never forget the, what we're about to talk about. The first time I heard it, I heard it from pastor Todd and Julie. And I was like, that's so easy. That's so great. And it was like a light bulb moment. So I hope that people in here have that light bulb moment. Um, We are going to teach you the SOAP method, S-O-A-P. There's lots of different ways to learn and study the Bible, but I love this one because if you met Jesus today, you can do this. If you met Jesus 50 years ago, you can do this. Like it's very accessible. It's very understandable. Um, And we're going to walk you through today what your time with God can look like so that you are putting the word of God into your heart so that you might not sin against him. So the first thing before we jump into soap, we believe that starting your time with God with some praise and worship is critical. It's what puts your brain and your heart and your spirit in the right position. It says Psalms 101 through five says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. So this chapter is really outlining what it looks like to enter into God's presence. We get to start with joy. Shout with joy to the Lord and excitement, excitement and joy. And then we get to recognize who God is. We get to say, acknowledge that the Lord is God. That's whenever you're putting, you're putting God above your preferences, your priorities, your, uh, everything going on, your plans, like you're acknowledging that he is God. Uh, and then there's the, the word enter, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's an invitation. Like, come on in, come and be a part of what God is doing. Then we get to be thankful, give thanks to him. I've heard we used to do, um, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Like that's just another way to pray. Um, again, see, there's so many ways to pray, but like we get to thank God because I promise you, if you're having a bad day, if you take time, we do this with our kids when they're having a fit. Like if our little one is, is angry about something he'll stop and say, Lucy, tell me five things you're thankful for. Oh, I got to pay her now. We pay our kids if we talk about them because you know, like pastor's kids get talked about. So we give them a few dollars. If we, <laughs> if we talk about them, but if Lucy is throwing a fit, we'll say, Hey, stop name five things you're thankful for. And by the end of it, she's giggling and she's laughing and she's forgotten what she was crying about. And she runs away. So it's the same thing for us because you know what? Adults throw fits too. Surprise. Um, but and, <laughs> I saw Nick Saban throw a fit last night at one point. It was awesome. Um, and then finally, we get clarity. Because, because of all of this, we see like his unfailing love continues forever. Like uh, doing this process gives us clarity of who God is. And so we challenge you guys to start your time with God with some praise and worship. And like for me, it depends on kind of where my brain is that day. Like if I'm grumpy and I'm the one that's throwing a fit in my mind and I'm angry about everything I have to do or snapping at people, which I never do. Um, <laughs> I will turn on something like, um, house of the Lord. Like I'll turn on some praise worship, like some praise music to like get my mind in the right way. There's a song that I'm dying to start singing here. We'll get it one day. Um, praise goes on is a great song to just remind your soul. Like God is good. It's it, he is good. And he has given good things to me and I can be joyful. Or if you're in a great place and you just want to worship God, turn on something, turn on something that is, is magnifying to God or if you're needing to believe for something, turn on something like believe for it, like pray and ask God what you should listen to. And the Holy Spirit will list, like lead you to the song or whatever it is that your soul needs that day. Yeah. So uh, you're, before you start the soap process, which we're about to get into right now, start with praise and worship. Yeah. This is how you're going to hide God's word in your heart. It's going to, we're going to show you how to do this. This is also, we're kind of showing you a trade secret. This is how we prepare for messages as well, by the way. Uh, we do something like this. All right. So we're going to praise and worship, but the S in soap, go ahead and throw soap back up there. It's a, what's that? An acrostic? An acronym. Thank you, Austin. That's what I said. We have an engineer right here. He's telling us, he knows, he knows everything. Uh, an acronym. So we're going acrostic to start. would be a poem. If it went up and down, that becomes an acrostic, right? Here you she go. teaches our children, not me. All right. Uh, the first thing is this, is we're going to start with scripture. All right. So that's pretty obvious. We're going to start with God's word, but we're going to do something. We're going to interact with it a little differently than just reading it. All right. Um, I love this saying, and maybe you want to write this saying down, especially after I say it, it says the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. A lot of people get into a lot of trouble at work or at school or whatever you're doing. Whenever you don't write something down and you just rely on your brain, how many of y'all have ever forgotten something? You're like, oh, 
my gosh, I do this all. This is my life. Okay. But if you took time to write it down, the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Why? Because when you write something down, something begins to happen inside of you. Something begins, uh, there's the, the, the textile, the act of like writing something down. It's the encoding, decoding, like your brain is working in a different way. It, it, it like, cements itself in your brain a lot better. And so here's what we want you to do. We want you to pick a few verses in the Bible and we want you to actually write them down. Like take a journal, a piece of paper, and you're going to write down. Now do five verses. Don't, you know, don't do this with Psalm 119 all in one day because you would still be writing. But you, you're, you're wanting to do this uh, because you, you interact with God's word a little differently when you're physically writing something down with a pen and a paper. All right. So don't do this on your phone. Don't type it out like get old school, get out the pencil, get out the paper. And we want you to actually write this down. I actually forgot this thing and I just realized it. Uh, I have a little tin lunchbox that sits under my bedside table, like in the, on the shelf on there. That is a, the Scooby-Doo mystery machine. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on. I love it. Austin's probably seen this at my house before, uh, but I have this and I've had it since I was in eighth grade or probably before then. I've had it for 20 years. I mean, it's been a long time. And inside of that thing, and I forgot to bring I was going to read one of these to us. I am not sad that he did. I have every single note that Stephanie has ever written me from high school up until now in that box. And I've saved them all. Uh, They're all there. And there's a couple of notes from me to you in there. And they are much shorter. All right. I'm going to tell you right now, hers are like two (laughs) pages. Mine's like a train of, like just a train of consciousness. Like there, and it's so funny to look back and realize like how little, how little things like, were they just didn't matter? I wrote one. And I was like, "Can you believe that so and so and so and so broke up? Wow!" And now they're married with three kids. Like it just doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, so to each other, to I, each other. I saved all these things because they're important to me. And I remember when I would write a note back to Stephanie and give it to her. You know, when we were changing classes at school, when you, you had write, to fold it right too. I know I had to fold it all fancy. I, dang, I'm, I'm so mad that I forgot that at home. I didn't write it down. See, and I forget this stuff at home. So I, I would, I would, whenever I would write it though, it would make me pour over my words and go, all right, I, I have to, this has to have the right tone. This has to like, at this point, I don't know if we were dating yet, but like, I don't, I want her to know I like her, but I don't want to know her like, I really like her. So I have to like, how do I say this? Do I put an exclamation point here or a period? Like, I don't want to over, do I do a LOL here? Or like, what do I write love at the end of this love Clint? Or is that too much? And when you write stuff down, it causes you to think about what you're writing. And so when you write down God's word, just like a love letter that uh, that you wrote back then, you're, you're actually writing God's love letter to you that he wrote. And so it, it causes you just to think like, okay, what does God want me to say here? Why did he say, why did he use that word? Oh my, he used that word again. And you start writing things down. It helps you understand. So here's what we want to do with you. We want to take a five or six verses and we're going to walk through the soap method with 
Y'all cool with that? If we kind of show you what we're talking about here. So the the verses that we're going to look at is Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. And we're, I'm not, don't write them down right now, okay? But maybe you can do this later. But here's what it would look like. We would physically write down all of this. I'm just going to read it for you right now. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, uh, through Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. We're talking about Jesus here. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So we would, I would say, if you're doing the soap method, write those verses down. And you're like, that was kind of a lot. Well, you know, it, it won't take you that long, all right? Write them down and let the scriptures begin to speak to you. So the S is for scripture. We're going to write scripture down. All right, so that's the S. Moving on to the O. The O is observation. So you're going to look at what you've written and you're going to observe it. You're going to think, you're going to ask yourself questions. Ask yourself, like, what stands out to me? What is this saying about God? Is there any repetition? What can I learn about Jesus or the Holy Spirit through this? What does it say about me, about like humans, about us? Like you're going to observe all of these things and you're going to like, you can underline it, you can circle it, you can highlight it, however your brain works. Our brains are all created wonderfully and differently. So everybody's going to study differently, but you just start making some notes. So this is, do you have a slide yeah, with Yeah, this? you can just keep going. Yeah. So, so if like, if this were me, I would go through, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Okay. So Christ is like God with skin on. Okay. Like that's who Christ is. Okay. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So like that to me is is telling me like, Hey, he existed before everything. That means like he's God too. It's just a confirmation of the Trinity. Like they were all together at the beginning and this is how the world was made. Um, and it says for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So like Jesus, that's proof that Jesus was there at the beginning. Jesus, the world couldn't be created through him if he wasn't there. So it's just proof that Jesus has always been there just like God. Um, he made things we can see and the things we can't such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authority in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Okay. So everything is for Jesus. That means everything in my life is for Jesus. Okay. So then he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. That it, it, creation exists because of Jesus and he's the one he keeps the world spinning. He keeps the stars in the sky. Gravity works because of him. My heart beats because he created it like that. I'm observing these things. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. So that means like he's in charge of what we do. This isn't our thing. This is Jesus's thing. Okay. He's at the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. Oh, wow. Okay. That says supreme two different times. Like that word stood out to me and it's in here two different times. What does supreme mean? And you can go and look it up and see that it just means like, uh, you know, above all, better than all. Um, 
So he is first in everything. Jesus deserves to be first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. So it's only through Jesus that we get to be reconciled back to God. It says that right here. And then he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So like God has restored everything Everything in the world is going to be restored through the work of Christ on the cross. And so these are just the things that stood out to us in this passage. And so that's all you're doing. You're just going through and you're going, oh, wow, I haven't ever thought of that. Okay, cool. Ooh, oh, neat. Like that's what we mean by observe. Yeah, so you're going to write scripture down. Then you're going to observe, underline stuff, circle it, highlight it, however you want to do it. You're going to look at this stuff and you're going to go, man, that's odd, or that's that's that. I need to look into this a little bit more. You're just gonna see what's pop. What's the Holy Spirit drawing out of the scriptures into your life? And the next thing that we're gonna do. So we got scripture. We got observation. The third one is this application. Y'all say application. application. Come on now. At, say application. application. Now here's the, the the thing. You could read scripture. You could listen to praise music, and you could even observe what the scripture's saying. But if you miss this step, you've missed everything. If you've missed this step, you've fallen, you're not letting the Bible change you. If you miss this step, it is, you're, you're missing it all. And so I want you to understand that this is probably the most, this is the most important thing that you can do when it comes to reading the Bible. So we're going to apply. Uh, I used to have really terrible eczema and uh, it was awful. Have you, anybody have eczema in here? It's terrible. Um, it itches like crazy. And I hated having, I grew up with it and I hated experiencing this. So we would go to dermatologist after dermatologist. And finally, uh, this dermatologist gave me uh, this ointment that we could, I could put on. And it was like a miracle drug. Now imagine if he gave me this ointment and I, I opened the ointment, I looked at it and I was like, man, I bet that's going to be great. And then I just set it over on my bedside table and didn't do anything with it. And all of a sudden, my eczema gets worse. I'm making another appointment. I go to the dermatologist. I'm like, man, I don't know what's happening, but this eczema is like still, it's getting worse. And he said, well, how did you like that ointment I I gave you? Well, I haven't put it on yet. Like, that's crazy. Like, we would never do that. Why? Because you have to apply the ointment on the area that you need it if you want it to work. But so many of us interact with the Bible this way. Like, we can read it and we can, I guess, appreciate it, but we're not doing what it says. And so we have to get to the point where we can observe it enough to where we can apply it so that it can actually change our lives. And so we're going to throw this scripture back up. All right. So keep it going back there in the back. And it says this, Christ, and I split these up into two parts. Christ is the image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such his thrones, kingdom, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning. He's supreme over all who rise from the dead, so that he is first in everything. So I would put a line, that, that, that verse that says he is first in everything, I would put a line right before it says he is first in everything. And that would be part one. Part two would start with he is first in everything. For God in all of his fullness 
was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I think that if we can start to apply this verse, I'm going to look at it and say, okay, based on what I just read, based on what I just observed, what can I do differently to apply this to my life? How can I allow the Bible, based on what I'm reading, change my life? And there's one thing that I would get from this that would be easy to apply. And it was the verse that says, he is first in everything. And then I would begin to ask myself, and I would begin to ask you, is that true in your life? Is Jesus first in everything? Is he first in everything. Some of us, he might be first in one area, two areas, three areas, but is he first in everything? Is he first in your marriage? Is he first in your thought life? Is he first while you're at work? Is he first when no one is looking or no one is around and you're all by yourself? Is he first in your finances? Is he first in your time? Is he first in your parenting? Is he first in your attitude? Is he first when things are going well? Is he first when things are falling apart? Is he first over everything in your life? That the Bible, this this verse would tell us that he deserves to be first in your life. And if he's first in our life, then things start to fall into place. It says God begins to reconcile everything to himself. He begins to make peace with everything in your life when we put him first. So is he first? And that's what I would look at and go, is God first in everything in my life? And I would begin to ask that question and think about my life and go, okay, there's probably some areas in my life where Christ is not first. Okay, if, I, if I'm called to live and put Christ before everything, where can I start this week? Don't try to bite, don't try to do everything, but, but think of a couple things. Maybe I, I'm gonna choose to put God first in my finances this week. Before anything else goes out, I'm, I'm gonna tithe. Maybe for you, I'm gonna put God first while I'm at work because I, I say things at work that I don't like to do or I, I change into a different person, but I'm gonna put God first while I'm at work. I'm gonna put God first in my thought life. And instead of thinking the negative thing about that person, I'm gonna believe the best in that person. I'm gonna put God first with my time and I'm gonna give God the first 20 minutes of my day. I'm gonna put God first in everything. And so that's how you begin to apply God's word into your life because you've you've read some scripture, you've wrote it down, you observed what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and then you're asking God, how can I be better by this ver- this passage right here? Okay, I'm going to put God first in everything. I'm going to do my best. And when you do that, your life is going to change. You are, I promise you that God, the Bible says that God's word never returns void. Here's what that means. It can always cast the checks that it writes. You know what I'm saying? Like God will tell you things in here to do and your life will begin to change when you begin to do what God's word says. So we're going to start with scripture. We're going to observe what it's saying. We're going to apply it to our life. And the last thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. That's right. We're going to pray. That is the P in soap. We've got scripture, observation, application, prayer. And this is where you get to go to God and say like, hey, I have realized all of this stuff. Like, wow, you revealed all of this to me. So if we're, if we're looking at 
if we're looking at this scripture, it's a, you can make a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be. I know some people are afraid of prayer or intimidated by prayer, but like we have open access to the God of the universe. You don't need to be afraid. Like he can handle you talking to him like you would talk to, to your spouse. Like just have the conversation, have the dialogue. And so in this, you can pray something like, God, you're so amazing. Thank you for giving me Jesus. Wow, it's incredible. Like he's first in everything. Look, you made everything through him. You know, I recognize I haven't put Jesus first in my life, and I am sorry for that. Please help me put Jesus first in my thought life this week. Help me, encourage me to have positive thoughts instead of negative ones this week, because I want the restoration that comes through putting Jesus first. I want that peace in my life. Thank you so much for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It does not have to be hard. It does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be scary. It's really that simple. It is that accessible. So here's our challenge to you this week is do this at least three times this week. All right, I'm not asking for every day. If you want to do every day, great. I would love that. But this week, I want you to start your time with God. Start it even if you haven't done it today. This does not count, by the way, (laughs) as your time with God, okay? This is your time at church. This is different. A really easy way to do that. If you don't know where to start, you're like, what the heck? Get the Bible app and just soap the verse of the day. Yeah. That's it. Soap the first the verse of the day three times this week. If you have no idea where to start, um, God God's word is living and active, and the word that you're going to need is going to be the verse of the day that day. Like, yeah, and, and and so start it off by prayer and praise and worship. All right, you can put that last slide up. Start with praise and worship, and then move to the scripture. Go to, if you if you don't want to do a bunch of verses, just do that one. And go to the YouVersion Bible app, open it up. The verse of the day will pop up or it'll get sent to your phone if you wanted to do that. And you can soap that verse or is that the verses before and after it. Then observe it, apply it, and pray and ask God for help. Because that's when you're inviting the God of the universe. Say, God, I've done this now. I, I want you. I need your help. And I'm telling you, I know this is practical. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you're like, God, that was really shallow. This is not shallow. You do this and your life will grow deep. Your roots will sink deep. And I'm telling you, your marriage can be better. Your relationship with God can change. Your, your problem that you might have with anxiety can get better. Uh, the problems you face at work with the decisions you need to make. You can make wise decisions. You can parent better. You can be a better spouse. You can be more generous. I mean, how many people want to bless somebody? And But you, you might not be listening to God the right way. So do these things, and I promise you, based on what the Bible says, your life's going to change. And listen, I hope that this has been a helpful series for you. I really do, because we sense that this is just something we needed to do. And uh, if you want to go back, you can always find our stuff. We have a podcast that you can listen to that's just the weekly messages, or you can watch them on YouTube and all that stuff. And go back and re-listen to this and throw it on while you're you're working and and have a love for God's Word. But I want to invite you right now, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I think... um, Putting Jesus first in everything might be something that you struggle with. That you're like, man, I've I've been having a hard time with that in a lot of areas of my life or in some areas of my life. And I want to pray. If that's you, I really want to pray for you that God would help you put him first in everything in your life. And so if you would just be bold, say, Clint, I've had a hard time putting Jesus first in every area of my life. Come on, raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. All right, I see you. Put your hand down. I'm going to pray for you. God, you see the people that have raised their hand. 
and you know their situations. Help them understand today that you are not angry with them. Uh, You're not looking to punish them. You're looking to receive them. And so God, I pray that you would help us turn it around. Put you first in everything. First in our marriage. First in our thought life, God. First with our kids. First in everything. Would you help us do that, Jesus? And then there might be some people in here that have never placed uh, their faith in Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And so, of course, you haven't made him first in everything because you haven't invited him into your life. And maybe for you today, that's the decision that you need to make. Say, hey, I'm going to start my relationship with Jesus today. I'm going to start my relationship with Jesus today. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to just slip your hand up for a second. Let me see it. And then you can put it down and then I'll I'll lead you in a prayer to help you go through this. And if that's you, if you want to start your relationship with Jesus today, come on, the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, put your hand up. I can see it. There we go. I got you. You can put your hand down. And if that's you, if you want to start your relationship with Jesus today, these words aren't magical all right, these, these words aren't going to be the thing that save you, but your attitude in this moment will. And you can just say something like this. Say, dear God, I invite you into my life. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for conquering death and coming back to life for me. I invite you into my life. And in the best way that I can, I will put you first in everything. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand. He is doing some awesome stuff.